Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cowboys Fan vs. the World podcast with your host, Chris Vasquez, where we we look at the NFL through the eyes of a Dallas Cowboys fan. Hey, everybody, I'm back. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks. So there, there's an explanation, I promise, why I haven't done any podcast episodes recently. If you've been kind of keeping up with my social media, I kind of do my weekly uh, NFL you know, kind of picks just to kind of who I think is going to win. I got a few right. I got a couple of, uh, I got a couple of good records. I think last week was the worst one. I don't have the specific number of the record yet. Probably by week five, though, I will definitely have like an updated, like, here's what I am for the year. So that'll be pretty exciting. So keep an eye out for that one. Very excited to make that video. And so, like I said, there is an explanation on why I have not been on the podcast, why I haven't made any episodes. Um, so about about a couple of weeks ago, I did get a new job. For most of you that know uh, that are that have been on the that have been kind of watching the podcast for a while, or if you're barely new, I am. I recently graduated from college, and through that, this like the podcast is not my full time job. For those of you that are new and barely checking out this podcast, this isn't my full time job because I it isn't it isn't like as of right now. So I have to work to you know be able to fund you know certain stuff like obviously I got to keep the lights on, food on the table, and on top of that you know pay for stuff for the podcast, you know tweak little things, be able to edit stuff like that. So I was able to get a brand new job. So right now I'm actually a teacher and a coach for a middle school where I currently reside in right now. So very excited for that. I was very, very happy to get it. So that was awesome. And to me, it's just a great experience. Um, I've, I'm coaching football and basketball and track. Uh, right now we're in football season. And it, it's just been great because I've been wanting to get back into sports. I mean, I was around it for so long. I've been, you know, I've played for so many years. And I was kind of missing the action a little bit. So definitely getting a coaching job kind of fulfills that need but obviously if anybody is is you know worked in the education system if you're a teacher coach whatever uh first off, shout out to my coaches out there and it, it's a lot of work especially coming in because i came in to this new job like kind of after the school year began so i had to catch up i had to do all these you know district you know school district stuff i had to get everything aligned i had to get you know, every my ducks in order. I had to, you know, catch up on the schemes for football, kind of, you know, get a rhythm, you know, kind of get a feel for my students, what I'm teaching, all that good stuff. So I just, I haven't been able to get on the podcast, which absolutely sucks because there were times where I was about to, but I mean, if you, if any of you are teachers or know anybody that is a teacher, or if you've just been in school in general, it's a lot and something always pops up. So I finally found time to actually be able to sit down and do an episode of the podcast. I promise it won't be like this much of a hiatus, um, just randomly. Like it's not just I stop doing the podcast because I think somebody asked me that one day. They asked if I'm still doing the podcast or not, and I said yes. Be but it's just it's on hold because of my job and because it's just finding a balance. It's a work balance thing, and hopefully I can do a better job. And hopefully I don't just do an episode every two weeks or whenever Taylor Swift is going to Kansas City games. Who knows what it is, but. Uh, I'm going to try to definitely uh, try to keep getting these episodes out weekly, Facebook Live episodes. Of, check out my social media. Make sure you keep up with that just so you can kind of see what's going on. And I'm definitely still going to be doing my weekly picks. 
hopefully now I can kind of pick back up. I kind of got a little bit of a feel for my new schedule with uh, my new job. So now I can hopefully incorporate the podcast. It may get moved. So there might be days where I record, you know, on a Wednesday or I may record like Friday. So as of this recording, it's on a Friday. So it's kind of just depending on when I'm available, but I'm going to try to do it weekly. It's just, like I said, this is more on me, um, kind of figuring out a little bit of a schedule tempo, you know, kind of get a rhythm now. So hopefully I can get back into this podcast, get you guys that good stuff and kind of keep the flow going and, you know, kind of pick it up. So hopefully, uh, this will be consistent now. Like I said, it's just been, it's been two weeks, I believe, um, since I did the last episode of the podcast. So, um, so hopefully now we can kind of, you know, relax and get back into it. But I'm I'm excited to be back on the podcast talking to you guys, cowboy stuff, the NFL. Uh, another thing, uh, happy happy Hispanic Heritage Month. I for those of you that don't know, I am a Hispanic male, and this is my my own podcast. So, um, I, but sadly, I wasn't able to start the podcast when uh, Hispanic Heritage Month began. I know it's it's about a month long. I wanted to you know just hop on here and say you know to my fellow Hispanics, happy. Hispanic Heritage Month. I even got my Hispanic Heritage Month hat. Probably going to be wearing it throughout the month of Hispanic Heritage Month. So probably more times in the episodes or on the podcast, you'll see this hat instead of maybe a Cowboys hat and also on social media. So definitely very excited for this month. Um, Like I said, happy Hispanic Heritage Month to all my fellow Hispanics out there, whether you live in the United States or you live anywhere else. This is our month. So, but enough about that. Now you guys know what's going on in the podcast. Let's get straight into it. A lot of stuff has happened. So, I gotta, I, I, I know we we gotta talk about this. We we always start this podcast off with the Cowboys stuff. Yes, I saw the game against the Cardinals. Yes, I know, I know, I know. We lost to a very bad team, and I completely get that. Like I understand that. It was just it was frustrating to watch. I will say that watching potentially Super Bowl caliber team struggle so bad against the against a team that's basically rebuilding with a brand new defensive coordinator, you know, new pieces. Kyler Murray wasn't even playing. It was Josh Dobbs who we made look like Kyler Murray. And it was it was frustrating to watch. It was an eyesore uh for sure, first of all. So but what I'm gonna give Arizona their props. I I, I am. I'm I'm gonna give the Cardinals their props. They they came in wanting it a little bit more. They came in, you know, they have nothing to lose. I mean, it, it, let's just be honest here. The Cardinals don't really have anything to lose right now because they know they're not going to be good. They know they're probably not going to make the Super Bowl. Plus, you know, we can't. everyone's already expecting us to maybe get Caleb Williams. Now I'm not even sure if it's going to be them anymore. So, like, what, what's there to lose? Like, what are we going to lose? We are, we're already rebuilding as it is, so there's no point in us, you know, kind of – there's no, you know, there's no point to feel sorry for ourselves. Let's at least try to ruin somebody's season, and they're definitely doing that. They've put up a fight uh, the last two games before the Cowboys game this past Sunday, and they they showed that they're tough. And I give the the new uh, head coach props on his defense because he did not get beat deep, and I believe that's the same defense he ran when he was in Philadelphia. Was that you can get all the short yards you want, but you will not get you will not beat him deep. And I think he did a pretty good job against our offense. With that, because I rarely saw any like down the field plays. Like he gave up, you know, maybe like five, ten yards, but he won't give up the thirty bomb, which was pretty impressive um, from the Arizona Cardinals. Now let's just move on over to the Dallas Cowboys. 
And it just sucks for me because I was expecting a blowout. I was thinking there, there's no way this team can even come close to even, you know, on being on our level. And they, they looked like they were better than us. And what was frustrating to me is just that I think because of what's going on with everything with Trayvon Diggs, uh, let, let, let's go over the timeline here in the span of a week. Trayvon Diggs tore his ACL, which was already a big blow. Then Tyler Bionis was not going to play. Zach Martin injured his ankle. Tyron Smith didn't start. So we were missing three key offensive linemen. Tyler Smith came back, but Tyrone Smith didn't come back, or Tyron Smith. And we were missing two of our best offensive linemen. Terrence Steele, I don't know what the heck, why he had so many flags. God, the amount of times he got flags, you could have done a drinking game with him. So they're gone. Then Trayvon Diggs, who's a captain of that defense. And I think that him being gone, the way the defensive scheme that Dan Quinn, I believe that how he's setting it up is obviously Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore are some of the best corners that could play man-to-man coverage. And having him and Stephon Gilmore there, it just, it locks up the receivers and it gives the time. It gives, you know, they they can cover them. They can cover the receivers and we have a pretty deep, you know, pass rushing unit that can go get the quarterback. So in theory, if they can at least hold them for about 15 seconds, they would be, no no offense can move. But Trayvon Diggs is out now. Torrey's ACL in practice. He's out for the year. Now we're just rolling with Stephon Gilmore, which I think he's still going to do a good job. He's still top one of the top corners in the NFL, the former defensive player of the year. He He's that guy. So I don't really have too much of a worry with him just because, you know, he's been in the league. My problem is, you know, kind of what my problem was last year was that outside of you know, last year it was outside Trayvon Diggs. We really didn't have a good corner. Now it's swapped. Now it's outside of uh, Stephon Gilmore. We really don't have that great of a corner. And I've heard that, well, we can give it to Bland. Here's my thing with Bland. I think Do I think he's a good corner? Yes, absolutely. I think he is a pretty good corner. However, I think he's a better nickelback corner. Like, I think he fits that nickel slot a whole lot better than he does trying to play the outside corner because when he plays outside corner to me it's just like something isn't there or I don't know if he just doesn't like being out there he'd rather be in the nickel I'm not sure but like every time I see him go out there and play a corner on the outside it just it doesn't look right or he gets burnt or something but when he goes to nickelback he looks like he's unstoppable and he just lays you know he takes care of business now probably Jordan Lewis is gonna have to go out there which I didn't really expect him to you know, possibly even go out there this year, but his time is up. So, and I think that Trayvon Diggs getting hurt and Trayvon Diggs being out for the year, I think already that took, that was already the, one of the biggest things that the Cowboys have gone hit with this year. Then you add on more adversity with two of the best offensive linemen in the, in the business right now, both hurt Tyron Smith, future hall of famer. He didn't even start because I mean, any Cowboys fan knows this is that once he's hurt, he's hurt for a long time. And I think Mike McCarthy knows that. So all that was already tough. And now I want to move over to the offense and what was going on there. It was the fact that we got in the red zone so many times and we can only get field goals. I think with that, and I agree with Mike McCarthy on this one because he actually said this and admitted it. It starts with him. Dak, Dak Prescott only goes with what he calls. Like, it's Mike McCarthy's show, and we have to keep that in mind. He's the one that calls the plays, so it does start with him. He needs to do a better job of calling better plays in the red zone so we can go score. If we're in the red zone, we just got to punch it in, and for whatever reason, we don't. 
And the Cardinals game was a big, big show of that. We can move the ball without, but once we get into the red zone, it's just somehow we can't move the ball anymore. And I think that some, some of it is the play calling. I think a little bit of it also is maybe some quarterback play or maybe the, since the offensive line was not up to 100% strength, that was another issue because we couldn't run the ball as dominantly as we usually do with Tony Pollard now being in the mix. Uh, Rico Dowdle, who I think he's emerging as a great number two running back, and then having Deuce Vaughn still back there. We have a good running back core, but obviously our offensive line was not the greatest because they were not at 100% because, like I said, Zach Martin, future Hall of Famer, out. Tyron Smith, out. Future Hall of Famer, by the way. And then Tyler Bionis. Like, we were running with backups. Some of them I was scared about because when I saw them in the preseason, like Ball, he struggled in the preseason. And that, that's where I feel like Zach Mar- uh, that's he's mainly the reason why Zach Martin even got his money is because of that. So, with all that being said, it's just to me, it's just to me, like, just so much stuff happened and it all just hurt the Cowboys, you know, right now. And it absolutely, it just, it was an absolute, like, cluster it was a it was a big mess so hopefully we can go into the next game and fix everything i know zach martin and tyler bianas they were practicing and they were at 100 percent full pads so i'm confident that they'll be back i think they just needed a a week to kind of rejuvenate and recover and i would honestly say i'd rather them do it now than if something happens to them like halfway through the year and we got to make a push for the division or try to at least make the playoffs we're going to need them more then than we're going to need them right now in the beginning now i get that the beginning games are also just important as maybe the end ones to go to the super go not super bowl but go to the playoffs but i mean kind of rather them you know take a little bit of time right now and i have them for the rest of the year and we can make up the games so Hopefully, this upcoming week, uh, we are going up against the New England Patriots. Zico Elliott is coming back to Dallas, which I think is uh, going to be crazy. We'll talk about that in a minute. And that that's I think that that's going to help uh, kind of build the morality of the offense. And hopefully, you know, Mike McCarthy can call the plays that can get punched in. And obviously now having a, basically about 90% of his offensive line back, maybe 95 depending if they start uh tyron smith which i'm kind of confused that if ty if he wasn't going to start why did they just not put tyler at left tackle and then put the guard there i think that would have been a little bit of a better idea but and i would say like also the running game i guess if we want to go back to the defense that was a killer as well like it was just the running game was not there you know the stuff or the run defense uh was not there sorry about that the run defense just wasn't there because Jacob, uh, Josh Dobbs ran ran crazy. James Conner went nuts, and that was the whole point of us getting, you know, defensive. Uh, that's what main reason why we got Mozzie Smith with our first round, uh, first round pick in the draft. That's why we loaded up on defensive tackles and defensive ends, is so that way we can stop the run game. And clearly, we didn't do it this last uh, this last week. And the thing that kind of sucks is that people are going to see that and kind of, you know, visualize. All right, well now we can. Now we know they still can't run, stop the run. We can just run it down their throats, especially if we have to go up against teams like, you know, the 49ers who we get, not this upcoming Sunday, but the next, or not this next Sunday, but the following Sunday. And then we get still Philadelphia who kind of has a good connection with DeAndre Swift and many more teams that we still got to go up against. And that's going to be just kind of the killer here. And I believe that, I believe that if we could fix that, I think our defense will still be okay. I think that makes up for kind of the corner, the uh, the kind of the weakness in the corners. Uh, Donovan Wilson came back, so that's kind of a good sign. 
uh, help out at safety and they can make up for, you know, the lack thereof of depth at the corner position and they can help out with coverage. So hopefully, hopefully we can, uh, Dan Quinn goes in there and fixes everything on defense, but offensively, I mean, we just gotta, we gotta score. Like that's just really my biggest thing and kind of seeing, you know, the play calls and the offensive line not being there. So there was a lot of things that was not as successful as probably we would want them to be. So hopefully going forward, Mike McCarthy can find a way to kind of, I don't know, like either fix it up or call better plays or maybe like figure out what can work now with the offense coming back, which is obviously you can run the ball with Rico Dowdle or you can run it with Tony Pollard. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of adjustments they're going to make. And especially like for the defense, like I said, because Ezekiel Elliott is coming back, you know, it's going to be a home return for him, you know, after being cut this past season. So it's going to be it's going to be like an interesting thing. And now with Zico Elliott coming back to Dallas, do I think it's going to be a little bit emotional? I think so because a lot of those players were so close to Zeke, especially Dak Prescott. You know, he had a close connection to Ezekiel Elliott. So I think emotionally it's going to be a lot uh, for them. And But I think that overall we're, we're going to get it done. I don't think the Patriots are too much of a – I guess not as much as that. They won't be the, – the New England Patriots will kind of be a challenge because Bill Belichick and that defense, but I think we'll be fine on our defensive side because I know they're still trying to figure it out on offense. So we'll kind of see what happens there. But we'll get uh, we'll get, we'll get to the, my week four predictions. So hopefully we'll see what happens this upcoming week. And let's, let's try to get it fixed because we got to get things fixed and sort it out right now because – my biggest fear is that we struggled against the Arizona Cardinals and we're going up against the 49ers pretty soon. And like I said, they're probably the best de- they're probably the best team in the NFC right now. I have them above the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll we'll go into that in a little bit. So I think so I, that's what I think is that the 49ers right now are number 1 and then the the Lions are kind of moving up there in the NFC because they are looking dangerous. So well like and my fear is that if we struggle against bad teams right now we are definitely going to struggle against really good teams. And that's the one thing I don't want anymore is that, like, everyone has the narrative of, like, well, the Dallas Cowboys play well against bad teams. But when they go up against a good team, they don't do well. You know, and I think that we can compete with the best teams out there, but we got to show it. You know, we got to show that we can keep, you know, we can pl- keep up and play with these top teams, especially since more than likely we're going to probably see the 49ers or the Eagles or the, well, maybe the Lions. I think the Lions are probably going to take their division, like I've been saying. So, and like, we're going to have to go up against these tough teams. So we're going to have to see if, you know, if the Dallas Cowboys can get it done. Hopefully, I believe the, uh, who are the 49ers playing this week? They're playing Arizona. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe Arizona can recreate that magic. Who knows? But I know fantasy football owners with the 49ers are just happy Christian McCaffrey's lasted this long. So kudos to you guys for drafting him. But all right, let's move on to the next segment of the podcast, looking around the NFL. So a lot of things happen, but we got to talk about the biggest story in the NFL right now. And it's it's pretty big because it was all over the news. TMZ was there. Taylor Swift was at the Kansas City Chiefs game. And I, I hate that this was this was such a big topic, but I think it's just the funniest thing ever. So for those of you that don't know what happened, um, basically Travis Kelsey went on his podcast with his brother Jason, and 
you know, basically basically said, well, I saw Taylor Swift rock the stage in Kansas City. How about you come to you come when I'm there, and I'll show you how I rock. How you know, I'll show you how I rock the Kansas City. Uh, how I rock Arrowhead. She went to the game. She hung out with Mama Kelsey, the woman that did the job of America. So it's just so funny to me. I think it's like one of the funniest things because I think it's just so random. Like it's such a random thing that this ended up happening. You know, like like them. You know, she he she went to the game. I really didn't think she was gonna go to the game because I uh, when I saw her there uh, at Arrowhead, and I was thinking, isn't this chick on tour? So of course I had to Google it because I was so curious about what was going on. And turns out she's not even gonna go on her world uh, her world tour yet until October. So she has time to kind of relax and go catch some Kansas City games. Well, I guess it's, uh, October's coming up, so I guess she maybe can catch like two more games before she has to head out on tour. It's just, it's just so random, and I think it was like the funniest thing. But for you guys out there, if he can do it, and he shot from way deep, and he made it, don't, don't be discouraged. That's what I gotta take. That's what I took from that. So it, it's just weird. I think it was just like one of the funniest things, and I think it's like even more hilarious that it's like one of the hottest topics right now. This is that Travis Kelsey's probably dating Taylor Swift and now everyone just wants to know there's videos and footage of them hanging out after the game. She's hanging out with Mama Kelsey. It's just the fun I don't I don't know. I think it's the funniest thing I had to mention it on the podcast. The biggest news to come out of the NFL is that Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift. And I'm seeing like all the TikToks and all the viral stuff of like, well, uh Travis uh how does it feel that uh Taylor Swift put uh Travis Kelsey on the map and the people that are reacting they're like well, what do you mean Travis Kelsey is probably like one of the best tight ends to ever play the game if not the best depending on who you ask and I think it's the funniest thing ever so I just had to address that I think it's very funny I think it's like again a random scenario a random thing that I just did not really see I didn't really see coming because like I said it was just it was so random and I didn't expect us to even get that, you know, I know everyone's so like, I know there's people that were like so wound up in Travis Kelsey's personal life, I think he even made a joke about that on his podcast, Hi, uh, New Heights, he was like, my personal life, that's not so personal, and everyone's wondering, what are you dating Taylor Swift, and he's just avoiding the question, which I think is still even like more of the funniest thing I've ever seen, Entertainment. I mean, are you not entertained? It's the like I said, it's one of the funniest things. I just had to address it. Uh, Kansas City is still doing good. I mean, they're kicking butt, so there's not much else you could talk about Kansas City aside of that. So, I mean, it's kind of the same old, uh, same old thing. I do find it even more funny though that everyone's trying to figure out how they're going to meet uh, Taylor Swift, like Patrick and and Andy Reid saying I set that up. So I think that's still even funnier that they're still trying to figure that out. So, but his, but for you money people out there, his, I believe his jersey sales went up by like 97%. So many people bought them. So I'm sure it's all the Swifties that never, never, they don't watch football and they're like, oh, it's another boyfriend for Taylor Swift. And they just bought the jerseys. I think, I guess, I still think it's the funniest thing on the planet. So <laughs> we're going to move on from this. Like I said, I just want to address it because that's, that's so funny. So moving on. Uh, another sh another butt kicking that happened this past weekend. Miami won seventy to twenty against the Chicago Bears. I believe yes, it was the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Sorry for the delay. Wow, what a bad game! <laughs> Not really a bad game, but what the heck, man? Like that is that is like one of the craziest things. Or, it wasn't the Chicago Bears, it was the Denver Broncos. I am so sorry, I apologize about that. It was with the Denver Broncos. 
How in the... 70 points. Like, you would think... Like, even with me coaching in some of the games we had, I, we could have gotten that far, but we didn't. But sometimes the team just allows it. Not really just allows it, but it's like, you got to be kidding me. You know, and it was crazy because it was actually kind of a decent game in the beginning. Like, it was like, okay, Miami's a little ahead, but then slowly Denver came back. And then all of a sudden, everything went out the window. And it was just, the worst part of it all was that Miami did not have uh, Jalen Waddle. He was under concussion protocol. He wasn't even there. The backup running back scored two touchdowns. Raheem Mostert looked like 22-year-old Raheem Mostert. Tyreek Hill, always killing defenses. Tua Tungabailoa, absolutely just having a field day with the Denver Broncos. And it's just, it was just so embarrassing, you know, for being an NFL team and somebody dropped 70 points and you weren't even half, half of where they were at. And it's... It just, it just, it's just dumbfounded me because there's no way you would be, you would be a team that can allow that many points and not think we're going to criticize you. Like, I can understand if it's like, like 62 to 70, like I believe like uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma game that happened. It was Baker versus Patrick Mahomes. That was nuts because that was just nonstop offense. This is the NFL. Like, this isn't this isn't a college game, you know? It's not like Alabama going up against, I, I, I don't know, some... Uh, like Appalachian State or some, or not Appalachian State, they actually did pretty good. I'm going to put some respect on their name. You guys get the point I'm making here. They're not playing an, like an FC, like a, I think an FCS school. That It's not like that situation. Like, it's just not. And they dropped 70 points on the Denver Broncos. So good, good thing for Miami fans is that they're looking to be like one of the best teams in the AFC, which is pretty good. However, let's go to Denver. Denver, what the heck? And... <laughs> It's just I don't know who we I don't know who we get mad at here because Russ Russell Wilson's not doing well even with Sean Payton being there but I think that's more of a Rome isn't built in 24 hours but I also know that it was reported that the I believe it was the defensive coordinator for the Broncos or that they resigned or something like that there was a defensive coordinator that resigned I believe it was with the with the Broncos and I thought that was crazy but I was like okay well maybe you know it won't be that bad no it, it was a disaster. <laughs> And the worst part is I think that the defense, well, in the beginning of the season, I thought the defense was like the best part of the Broncos because the offense needed fixing. That's why they brought in Sean Payton. But nothing worked. And it was it was just so embarrassing to me. And I think that, you know, I would be embarrassed for the team, the fan base, because 70 points is just ridiculous. And I think they said it's like the, the some, this is the second time someone's, or this is the team that scored 70 points. The last per team that did it was like a 1966 team. And the Miami Dolphins did it now. And it's just, it was it was just a way out of hand game. And it was just not great. So where do the Broncos go from here? <sighs> Here's the thing. If they do that bad where they tank very low, I don't see them getting Caleb Williams. Because they don't technically need him. And they're paying Russell Wilson so much so much freaking money like it would be kind of pointless to get Caleb Williams or they should have just not paid him at all and go get him because I know about out of all 32 teams about 31 of them will not want to trade for Russell Wilson and pay him that kind of money ain't no way unless they are that desperate which maybe the Chicago Bears might be who knows where we'll talk about the Bears in a second so 
hopefully, hopefully Denver can get it at least figured out. Like, there's no way they're that bad. You know, like, there's no way you can be that bad. I can understand maybe 40 to 20, and maybe close to 50 because you just gave up. But 70 is, oh, 70, 70 is a heartbreaker, in my opinion. 70 is like, you gotta draw the line somewhere. Like, 70 is like, okay, you're, you're, you're just beating a dead horse until, you know, the next, you know, you're just beating the dead horse at this point to where it's like you're trying to evaporate the horse. Like, that's just, oh, it was, it was just not good for anybody during that, for anyone being a Denver Broncos fan. So hopefully the Broncos get this whole situation figured out and just move on. And I believe they play the Chicago Bears. We'll get to them pretty soon. But let's, let's talk about the Bears right now. Yeah, Bears. A lot of problems, man. Like a lot of people, including myself, I had them being a real, like a, at least a, some sort of threat in the NFC North. It was going to be between them and the Lions. But, Wow, like it, they're they're not. They haven't been. They haven't lived up to the potential. And a lot of the questions that's coming up is, is it Justin Fields? Is it maybe you know it, like who's like who's the problem here? Is it the head coach? Is it the the Bears organization for you know not running it correctly? Like is it on them for you know kind of, I guess focusing on getting defensive players and paying them instead of really focusing on the offense like they should have because the offensive line isn't that good. It hasn't been that good since last year. So there, there's a lot of finger pointing in right now for the Chicago Bears, and we're not sure whose fault it really is. Give me one second here. Oops, sorry about that. So that's the question is who, like, where's the problem? Like, what's going on with the Bears? And I'm not sure what it is. And although one person we can talk about is Justin Fields and what the heck's going on with him. Because last year, you know, we all thought he was probably going to be Michael Vick reincarnated or something along those lines. Because we saw how athletic he is. We saw how fast he is. You know, he can make plays when he's out in space. But now they got him a top, uh, a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. And they have not utilized him. Like, he has not been utilized to his fullest potential. I think DJ Moore has gotten a lot more, no pun intended here, in Carolina than he is getting in Chicago. Because everyone lost their minds when they threw a little wide receiver screen in the preseason. And they broke it loose for like a 50-yard touchdown. And everyone's thinking, oh, the Bears are going to be the best team in the NFC North. Which I said is going to be the Lions. And they're looking good so far. So... So, like, to me, it's kind of like, what the heck is going on with the Bears right now? Like, they got to figure something out. Like, they're a team that, like, they need to figure it out because they have, like, a lot of weapons that they can use for Justin Fields. So now the biggest question is, is it just Justin Fields? Is he, because it doesn't, like, to me, when I watch the games and I watch the highlight tapes, to me, it's like he hasn't developed. Like, you know, he hasn't taken that next step. You know, everyone last year was saying he didn't have a wide receiver one. Well, they got him one, and he's not using it. And he's struggling even more with DJ being there. So, is it Justin Fields? Is Justin Fields the problem right now? It's starting to look like it kind of is because of what's going on. Now, do I think they should move on from him? That's a little bit of a far question because it's going to depend on if how if they can turn this at least start uh, trending in the right direction throughout the season. It's still a little early to determine if. They need to move on from Justin Fields. I don't think so yet. I think if they don't start winning games and start kind of being a little bit more of a threat in their division, then I would start maybe debating 
maybe do we have to like maybe we should move on from Justin Fields or maybe we should look at our like you know explore our options for the Chicago Bears and I think that's going to what it's going to come down to towards the end of the season with Justin Fields because of the no progress he's been having throughout the season I mean, at least for the past 3 3 weeks already it just it ain't looking good like it just isn't for him especially since they kind of did a lot to go get him you know, a weapon. Like I said, they traded away the number one pick from last uh, this past draft. They traded away for to Carolina to get, you know, DJ Moore to Chicago to get him some help and whatever other draft compensation he got. The organization got to help out Justin Fields. But like I said, you can also maybe point to the Chicago Bears organization for prioritizing to get defense more than probably trying to build the offensive line a little bit better. There's a lot of problems going on with the Bears right now. And I believe it's going to start there, but everyone knows you're going to probably talk about the quarterback and how poorly he's been playing. And I mean, it, it, it's true. He hasn't been playing good. Like throughout the last three weeks, he has not played good. Now he's going to play Denver. So it's a little bit, it's a battle of the bad teams. So hopefully he can, at least this could be the turning point or something. I don't really know, but we'll have to see what happens to the Chicago Bears. Speaking of the NFC North though, Man, Minnesota is not being lucky. I said it last season. I did say this last season that I I don't I did not think they can replicate what happened last year because last year was one of the weirdest seasons for the Minnesota Vikings. It just it flat out was. You know they came back down forty points in the Indianapolis Colts, who were horrible last year. Came back and they came back and won the game, and they you know they won the division, whatever. And they had a really good record. But my problem was that they were not that far from the Lions. If they would have lost the games they should have lost in, they probably would have not made the playoffs or they would have barely, barely scooped by if the Lions lost one more game or something. And I said I said in the beginning of the year that I don't think they could replicate, replicate that year again because of how just how odd it was. It was an odd year for Minnesota. They somehow you know, won so many games, but they weren't that good when you put them up against a really good team. But now we're now we're st- starting to see it. Like, and you can't even get mad at Kirk Cousins, I believe. Like, I'm not blaming Kirk Cousins on this one because he's putting up great percentages. He's throwing like 300, 400 yards almost a game. He's averaging about two, three touchdowns a game. It's just, it. like I said, it's just a really weird time for Minnesota. And I knew they were, I knew they were not going to be able to replicate what they did last year. Because of what's going on, and it, it I mean it's showing. We're, I, I think it's showing that last season might have been a fluke because of all the craziness that happened in Minnesota last year. It's not. It's starting to catch up to them now, and they're not playing that well. I still think the weakest link is the defense. I think the defense needs to needs to get you know beefed up as soon as possible because because I think that's like I said that's the weakest link because the offense is averaging about 300, 400 yards a game through the air at least, at least from the games I've seen with Kirk Cousins, he's almost, he's about 300 each game, you know, Justin Jefferson is, you know, he's about averaging almost 100 yards from the times, the games I've seen, so their offense is not the problem, it's, I think it's the defense, the defense still needs to get fixed, which I believe was the weakest link last year, was that, you know, Minnesota went on offense, they added Jordan Addison and all these players, they got rid of Adam Thielen, um, Dalvin Cook is gone, so they brought in, um, Ad, I think it's Madison, the running back, and to kind of bring in fresher legs. And they're not winning games. Like they're just, they're not winning games, and it's frustrating because they had they had a couple games where they should have won. 
they should have won their games. Like they should have. Uh, I believe they played. Um, they played the Buccaneers, and they probably should have won that game, but they didn't. And they should have beat Philadelphia. They didn't. And it's just it's showing. It's showing that they're not going to be able to replicate uh, replicate last year because it it's not like. You can have a, a decent season and just have some things go your way, but you can't have it two seasons in a row, and I think it's showing for Minnesota. I still think they can maybe make the wild card. I mean, considering the rest of the other teams may not make it, um, I think they still have a shot, but they got to start winning some games like right now, right now. So hopefully they can turn that around. All righty, so one more thing. Uh, we're going to stick to the NFC right now. Um, so there are there are some people saying that Philadelphia is the toughest team. To be and as a Cowboys fan, um, I've been asked, "Am I still am I scared of the Eagles after what happened in Arizona?" I'm not afraid of the Eagles. I'm not afraid of the Philadelphia Eagles this season because I predicted it in the beginning. They're not going to be the same Philadelphia team like they were last year. I did not. I do not think they are right now. I think that with DeAndre Swift and how well he's running the ball, I think he's making them great. Because take away DeAndre Swift, let's look at Jalen Hurts, who was a MVP runner-up candidate. He made it to the Super Bowl. He has more turnovers this season in four weeks than he did last year in a whole year, uh, last season all year. He already has more turnovers this year. So I think him turning the ball over and trying to figure out this new offense, as like I said, the coordinator's gone. He's in Indianapolis. The defensive coordinator is down, uh, down in Arizona. So he doesn't have, you know, them, you know, the original offense. I mean, Stefanski's still there, but I mean, I don't, I, when I see the games, I could just tell that team's not the same, you know, kind of struggling a little bit. Jalen Hurts is turning the ball over more frequently. I'm not saying it's a Super Bowl hangover, but I'm also saying that I'm not scared of them. I think that we can go and beat them. The bit, I'm more worried about the 49ers than I am Philadelphia. Now, I heard the argument from Shady McCoy saying, we're playing bad, but we're still winning games, and that's dangerous. And I say, yeah, I agree. But also, when you have to go up against really good teams like the 49ers or the Cowboys, where if you turn the ball over, they will get, they, you're basically giving them a chance to, to score. It ain't going to be good. Like, you you put them up against maybe a 49ers defense and tell Jalen Hurts to turn the ball over twice. Two interceptions. That 49ers team is going to kill is going to basically kill you. Like, hands down, you would not have a shot. So, that's why I'm not scared of the Philadelphia Eagles. Because I don't think they're as dominant as they were last year. I think with the addition of Jalen Carter, I think that defensive line kind of gets a little more beefier. But I think that defense is still... Not the greatest. I do believe that the offense is not as scary dominant as they used to be. They still do that cheeky, ugh, that cheeky QB sneak play, which I don't know, Bush push 2.0, or I guess Hurts of Eagles push, whatever you want to call it. And it's just, I think that's really the biggest thing is that I don't think Philadelphia is that scary. Like I really don't. I think that the 49ers are a lot scarier than the Eagles are. I'm a little more nervous going up against the 49ers than I am the Philadelphia Eagles. Hands down. I think that the, they still won't win the division. I think they'll finish second, close to the Dallas Cowboys. But, I mean, once they start playing tougher teams, I think we're going to start seeing that those turnovers and Jalen Hurts not being able to run the offense correctly or not as well as he did last year is going to catch up to them pretty soon. All righty. So now we're moving on to pick em, the pick em week. So we're gonna I'm going to be picking... Uh, kind of who I think is going to win in week four, starting Sunday and in the Monday games. So first up, we got Atlanta 
at Jacksonville. That's actually going to be, I think, a decent game. I believe that's going to be the Toy Story game. Um, that's happening like at nine in the morning or something like that. Very excited for that one. I think I will watch that one, uh, being Toy Story. I think that's kind of like one of the funniest things ever. So, uh, between Atlanta and Jacksonville, I will say Atlanta, Atlanta's on the come up right now because they're doing pretty decent, um, in the NFC South. They're starting to look like maybe three or two. Carolina's not doing well, but we'll see what happens there. But, I don't know. Atlanta and Jacksonville is actually going to be, I think, a pretty decent game. Um, but I'm going to give it to Jacksonville. I think Trevor Lawrence is still a better quarterback than uh, Desmond Ritter, and they can't rely on Bijan Robinson and uh, Alagier to, you know, keep taking over. I think their defense will do enough, but it's not going to. They're not going to be able to beat Jacksonville. Let's move it on to Miami and Buffalo. I think this is going to be one of the top games this week, this weekend. It's gonna, it's gonna come down to this: Is Buffalo's defense going to be able to stop Miami? That's going to be the biggest question mark, and will, is Josh Allen going to play like MVP Josh Allen, or is he going to turn the ball over four different times in a game, and people still have him at as a top five Q, uh, quarterback in the league, but no one wants to talk about that. So, uh, Buffalo and Miami, I'm going to go with Miami here. I think that their offense is going to be a little too much for that defense, and I think that they can maybe force at least one turnover to split the difference with Buffalo. Denver at Chicago. I'm going to go with Denver. I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos here just because they. I think that they can get it done. I I believe that at least the offense can kind of move. I think Chicago is still struggling just a slight bit more than Denver. Like I said, Denver got the 70 piece, but I think they can maybe beat the uh, beat the Bears. Baltimore and Cleveland, another great game. I believe you know, it's going to be tough because Baltimore, they're so-so this year, and Cleveland's kind of – so so as well in that division that the AFC North is another like kind of a weird funky one so um Baltimore and Cleveland I'll I'll give it to Baltimore I think Lamar plays pretty well in Cleveland anyway so I think he'll still win the I think he'll win it Cincinnati at Tennessee I'm going to give it to Cincinnati I think they're going to be on the rebound um I know last season they had a they had a very slow start but they ended up coming back and getting to the AFC Championship so I'm not counting out Cincinnati but I think they're still way better than the Tennessee Titans the Rams at Indianapolis that receiver, uh, I think his last name is uh, uh, Nagu. Uh, Nagu. I forgot the receiver's name, but he's he's looking like a beast. And hopefully, when Cooper Cup comes back, those two will be absolute forces. Um, and then Indianapolis is getting back Anthony Richardson. I still think the LA Rams are going to win it, just because I think they're a little bit of a better team than Indianapolis, and that defense is a lot better than the offense in Indianapolis. So I I have the LA Rams winning. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, my. My guy, Baker Mayfield, 2-1 this season. Almost came back and beat the Philadelphia Eagles, mind you. Him and, him, and, him and Mike Evans, they're becoming a dangerous combo. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They're looking good. 2-1. Everyone said, everyone told me they weren't going to beat the Vikings. They weren't going to be, they weren't going to have a good record coming into this week. And they're 2-1 and one, and they're tied for first in their division. So, let's go from there. I think Tampa Bay can beat New Orleans. I think, I don't know, New Orleans looks a little inconsistent this year. Like, they look decent, and then they don't play that good. It's really weird. And I think uh, it's going to determine with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is not going to play this game. So it's probably going to be Jameis Winston going in there. So I, I think I'm a, I'm a little more confident in Tampa Bay uh, going up against New Orleans. So I got Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mania taking over New Orleans. Moving on to Washington and Philadelphia. I feel bad for Washington, but I don't at the same time because they're division rivals with us but the commanders they they look promising because they they put up fights but i think philadelphia is just going to be way too much again for eric Bieniemy and ron rivera so i got philadelphia winning that game 
Minnesota, Carolina. I think that uh, Minnesota is going to win it, uh, win this game. I think they're finally going to start bouncing back and getting some, getting some wins in their column against Carolina. Carolina's not the best, but they're in rebuild mode. They're working with a rookie quarterback. So I got Minnesota winning that one. Pittsburgh at Houston. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Houston on this one. I think Houston can pull it off. I think that Houston is surprisingly on the come up right now in their division. I think they can pull off the win against Pittsburgh, just because um, Pittsburgh like they look like they can be good on paper, but then when they play, it's like 50-50. Najee Harris isn't really doing so well. Kenny Pickett, he's like a, he's a middle of the pack quarterback, but George Pickens is a beast. Um, the only the only difference maker I will say is going to be T.J. Watt and Will Anderson, the defensive player for Houston. Those are going to be the two difference makers in this game. But I think that Houston will make a couple more big plays with C.J. Stroud being back there. Las Vegas and the L.A. Chargers. That, that one's going to be an interesting game. But you know what? I'll mm, I'll give it to the Chargers. I think that they can continue their little reign of terror against Vegas especially since Vegas is still trying to figure it out. Who knows if they're going to keep going with Garoppolo or not because he hasn't been playing good. He keeps getting, you know, he might get hurt soon. So who knows with them, but I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. I will say Mike Williams is out, so I think they're going to struggle a little bit more. New England at Dallas. Zico Elliott is returning home to Dallas for this game. I'm still going to go with Dallas on this one. I think the Cowboys can pull off the win against New England Patriots just because I think they're – I think our defense is going to be able to stop the offense pretty well. It's really going to come down to if the offense can, if our offense can move against the Patriots defense, which I think they can. So give me Dallas in that one. Arizona, San Francisco. I'm sorry, Cardinals fans. You get one. You get one. I don't think they'll beat the 49ers in in the Bay. No. So moving on, Sunday Night Football, Kansas City and the Jets. Oh, man, talk about another team that is going downhill real fast. It's going to be Kansas City. I mean, it's going to be the Swifties are uniting with Kansas City. They're going to try to make a, make a push to the Super Bowl. But I'm sorry, Jets fans, you guys are not going to probably – I don't see them winning a lot more games anytime soon. All right, going on to the Monday game, Seattle at the Giants. I'm going to give it to Seattle just because I have my opinions about the Giants. I don't think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback, and he's clearly showing it. Saquon Barkley's out, so he's definitely going to be struggling – throughout the rest of the season so give me seattle in that one but alrighty, guys thank you so much for listening on this episode of the cowboys fan versus the world podcast like i said in the beginning i'm sorry that i've missed out on a, a few about a few episodes hopefully now i can get back in a rhythm where i can get you guys constant episodes weekly make sure you guys follow me on all my social media facebook instagram tiktok twitter threads at cowboys fan versus the world this episode will be up on spotify Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.